You're listening to the Pure Fury Creations Entertainment Network. The views and opinions expressed on this episode are those of the speaker and do not necessarily reflect the views, opinions, or philosophies of the PFC Entertainment Network or any of the affiliates that make this show possible. This show has also been rated M for mature audiences only. is the hot tag on the PFC Entertainment Network. And we welcome you to a new edition here to the PFC Entertainment Network. This is the hot tag. I'm being joined by Sean Grugel. I am Jason Klaus. We certainly appreciate you checking this out. Uh, Listen, this is going to be unlike anything that we have done and full disclosure if you haven't not figured out by this point this is a show that is strictly about professional wrestling but it's not generally about our individual fanfare looking back on nostalgia this is kind of our view from where we are on the product here and now both on a national and worldwide scale to a more independent level sean grugel uh this is going to be something that no doubt is going to spark some degree of controversy and at bare minimum is going to spark a conversation. Would you agree? Oh, I agree. This is this is where we are breaking kayfabe, so to speak. We are pulling back the curtain. We are going to be airing our grievances about what we feel about the professional wrestling business, whether it's what we see on WWE, AEW, NWA. Uh, what's the other one right now? Uh, well, there's Ring of Honor, there's uh, uh, TNA Impact, I mean... there. Uh, oh, wait, there's more! The Independence, for God's sakes! Yeah, this is, uh, and, and this is kind of what sparked this idea. Very impromptu, this whole thing came together very quickly within a handful of hours. No, I mean, le- legitimately. Now, what you're going to get here is, Sean and I... We have both been in the business. Uh, I'm not going to speak on what what your status is, but I am retired. I I was a longtime promoter and a performer in the wrestling business on the independent level. You have a lot more expansive um, experience to bring to the table. But above all else, 
we are fans of the business, or at least at this juncture, what the business was. Because I'm here to tell you, the trend that we are seeing is uh, getting further and further and further away from what any resemblance of professional wrestling has been. Right, exactly. You know, I started my wrestling career in 1996. I was trained by the late, great Sweet Daddy Malcolm Monroe. If you know anything about the big-time wrestling era when the Sheik was promoting shows down at Cobo Hall, then you're going to know who Sweet Daddy Malcolm Monroe is. From 1996 to, I believe, 2005, I started a uh, company after 2005 called uh, Tri-Cities Championship Wrestling, and that evolved to TWX High Definition Wrestling, where I promoted that. Uh, created some of the biggest shows that have been seen. Uh, you know, I no wait a minute, I can't see that because the MWO was on the same level as the TWX when we ran at the Birch Run Expo mm -hmm. Center. Uh, I've brought in big names. I've wrestled big names. I've wrestled names that you've seen on TV. I've wrestled alongside of. I've been on shows with them. So my perspective on the wrestling business is being behind the door that most people who are sitting in the stands don't do not get to see. Now, what spawned this idea and what the, what we're going to kind of talk about here in this pilot episode, the, this premiere episode, if you will, uh, something came across uh, social media, came came across your radar. You you know you filled me in on on it, and as we were talking about it, man. I could, I don't know how many times I was sitting there shaking my head. Like I, I could legitimately feel myself shaking my head, and I was getting more and more pissed about what I was hearing, what what you were reading, and this part of it is going to focus more on the independent circuit right now, specifically in in the state of Michigan, uh, because that's where you and I are are based out of. Uh, because you almost have to start here. If you look at the current state of professional wrestling and the trend that the business is going into, you kind of have to look at the independence circuit as uh, step one, right? Because these are the men and women who are aspiring to be the superstars, the worldwide known megastars of tomorrow, but they have to start somewhere because we don't just wake up one day, we decide we want to be a wrestler, and the next thing you know, you are on Monday Night Raw. That does not happen. Right, exactly. You know, when I started out, I said I was trained by the late, great, sweet daddy, Malcolm Monroe. I was trained in a small gym above a big lot down on 7 and Grand River. I paid, paid for a wrestling school, I had to pay to try out, and I paid my dues. When I first started out in the wrestling business, I went to the sweet daddy, Malcolm Monroe. He was... I was at a Midwest Championship Wrestling show. I saw a large black man sitting at a chair. And it doesn't make no difference if it was black, white, green. It don't right. matter. I'm telling you, it was a large black man sitting at a chair. I walked up to him. I said, I'm looking for Sweet Daddy Malcolm Monroe. He says, who are you? I said, I'm looking to get into the wrestling business. He says, he's not here. That guy sitting at the chair was Malcolm Monroe. He wanted to see if I had the heart and desire to continue to pursue the wrestling business. When he saw that, he made me a security guard. I was putting up rings. I was putting up chairs. Uh, after a year of that, then he opened up the door to the gym. Not before I had to pay $50 to get into the ring first to take a couple of my first bumps. Uh, over $1,200 later, and you're talking back in 1996, so that's quite a sum of money. Right. Uh, I got my first professional wrestling match. It's anybody anymore 
can go to any wrestling school, knock on the door, and say, here, sir, here's my tuition. I went to High Spots. I bought my wrestling boots. I went on eBay, and I bought a wrestling mask. This is the gimmick I want to be. Now, you laid the foundation here in, in what sparked this conversation because uh, the accessibility to get into the wrestling business nowadays is nothing like it was back when we got our start and it was it was almost like uh, you had to know somebody to get in right and along those lines it's almost like uh for the lack of a better term an employee referral to bring somebody new in because there is a sense of accountability when somebody brings you in, they are essentially putting their name to you. So there is a sense of accountability because if you mess up, you make this this veteran or this locker room leader look bad. And which in turn, I mean, that does not bode well for, for you. That concept is done and over with. And I feel like that is a huge reason why the overall, um, the future of this business as it stands right now, with the way things are being taught, with the way things are being handled on a business level, is tarnishing this great sport, this great entity that has withstood the test of time. We are getting so far away from the foundations of what made wrestling so great and made the business so great. It's it's really starting to put a... Um, I mean, it has been for a long time, but it's really on full display with social media. You get to see things happen in real time and how these kids are, are conducting themselves. You just laid out your personal journey. You know, you're talking about a year or so of paying your dues before you're, you're actually getting to a spot where you thought you would be. But correct me if I'm wrong, because you had to go through all that, it made you appreciate that much more, right? Oh, it absolutely does. And it taught me a lot, too. When I was putting together rings, it made, you know, I saw where were the weak spots in the ring, how this ring was put together. And as a team, the quicker you get the ring up, the quicker you can get into the ring and roll around and learn your craft a little bit more. But people nowadays, they do not believe that they should have to put up a ring. They do not believe that they have to tear down a ring. Hell, nine times out of ten, they can't even click a share button to share the promotional flyer of the shows that they're on. Right. You know, when I was a promoter, I would hand guys tickets. Sell these ten tickets, and that's your pay. You know, uh, these guys right now, they go out there, they wrestle ten minutes, they got their hand out. For the first year, I didn't get paid. Right. The first time I got paid, I got paid $25, and I about shit my pants. You know, I didn't win my first match for a full year. Uh, no, wait, I lie. And I'll tell you where I lie. My third match ever, I was the one that got the venue booked. I was the one that sold the seats. The promoter saw that I worked my ass off, and he, he gave me a win in my hometown. But that was it, because I sold the seats. You know what I'm saying? I was able to put asses in a 12-inch space that no one else was going to do in my town. So the promoter uh, was rewarded me right. with, with a win. But then after that, holy shit. There wasn't a win for miles. You know what I'm saying? I do. and But at the same time, breaking into the business the way that you did and the time that you did, you realized very early on, it's not if you go over, it's if you get over. And I that is, that is a philosophy 
that is being lost right now on this younger crop of talent, and I use that in quotations, uh, <laughs> I don't give a shit, okay? Let, let me just say, I know I'm going to ruffle feathers with, with my takes on this, and I'm perfectly okay with that. We'll, we'll give you the contact info at the end of the show. Uh, be that as it may, um, the entire concept of why people are getting involved in the wrestling business may have started um, very much on the same level across the board. You see it on TV, you gravitate towards the, the athletes that are in the ring, the wrestlers that are doing these moves, they have these over-the-top personas, they see the adulation, they see the fanfare, the stardom, and all that stuff. Much like you and me, like for us, it was Hulk Hogan. Like, he is the guy that was on the map that we gravitated to, and both of us, in our respective times, are like, that's what I want to be. That's what I want to do. But see, by humbling me, by making me pay my dues, it made me see the bigger picture. It wasn't about me going over in a match. It wasn't about me getting over in a match. It was about getting the entire product over. It was about match one leading into match two, leading you know three or four into intermission, bringing it back up and going into the main event. These kids nowadays, they don't even give a shit. If they're told they're not going over, they'll change it mid-match and... They'll make the decision, said the booker or the promoter, to put themselves over and not the show. If that was me back in the early night or late nineties, I would have had my ass kicked, like literally. Not only that, but it, I would assume it would uh, it would be a little bit before you stepped back between the ropes for another show for for any, any length of time because. To me, this is what sparked this conversation this morning. This is the trigger for me. Who in the blue fuck do you think you are? Do you think that you're bigger than the promotion to where you are changing the outcome of what the booker had already told you? This is what I want. As the booker, as the promoter, there should be no other conversation unless it's done in a professional manner. And what I mean by that is, okay, I understand what you're saying and we'll do that. But what if we tried this? At least have a conversation about it. Do not go into business for yourself. Because number one, you laid it out. You have, you have compromised so many levels of your business relationship within that promotion, within that promoter, and beyond that, because especially nowadays, word travels fast. If you start to uh, gain this reputation that you're going to do whatever you think you is the right thing, regardless of what the promoter says, you are more or less putting a red flag on yourself right out of the gate. I, you know, you really can't blame these kids going out. I mean, you can. I mean, after the fact. But... In my opinion, it starts at square one. It all depends on your trainer. If your trainer is just taking your money, showing you the moves, and showing you the door, not teaching you etiquette, not teaching you politics, and not teaching you how to conduct yourselves, uh, then you're not going to the right trainer. Right. If your trainer, one thing I hate with certain trainers, I, I can lay names out, and I just might. I, we'll see how this show goes is they will let anyone in the door who, whether they're physically capable or not, as long as they got money in their hand, they're going to take their money and put the label on them wrestler. And what really kills me is these other promoters will book them because they're cheap, 
or they're free and they will continue to do so not only are they hurting their product they're hurting the wrestlers that this person is getting into the ring with potentially but they're also hurting the future of that kid because now his head is so big and so swollen i've been booked week after week after week in ab promotion i must be doing something right right i don't need to learn anymore this is me this is my gimmick pin me no wait i'll pin you pay me show me the door when i was growing up in the business it was pin me pay me show me the door right uh and it wasn't even show me the door then it was pin me pay me let me break down the ring and then show me the door so this is the part that I, I kind of want to dive into because this is how I operated the Michigan Wrestling Organization for 28 years before I suspended operations in 2022. Um, it was all hands on deck. I didn't give a shit if you were the champion of the promotion or if you were there on day one. Everybody was expected to have a hand and set up and tear down of the equipment, the ring, audio, video, setting the, the locker room up, whatever the case may be. be and I, and I, approached, I, I approached it that way for a number of reasons. And it, in later years, throughout the course of, of my tenure there, some that was met with resistance from quote-unquote indie workers. Guys that, would, that got wind of what we were doing and they came in, and because they had exposure or they had time in another promotion, they came into the MWO thinking that they were better than than everybody else. And my argument was, if anybody should not touch a piece of the ring or anything like that, it it would have been me, right? I mean, just because I have other responsibilities as the promoter to make sure that the entire show, the entire day goes off with a hitch. But I was always one that you lead by example. I didn't sit above anybody. I sat side by side with everybody, right? That was always my mentality. I would never ask anybody to do something that I'm not willing to, to do myself. And with that, you are teaching them not only lessons in the wrestling business, you're teaching these kids life lessons. And I took that very, very seriously because we had you know age groups from... From 14 and 15 up into the late 30s, people were coming in here. And I didn't give a shit what you were, where you came from, or anything like that. You want to be a part of this, this is part of paying your dues. But you are also learning how to appreciate what all goes in to the, the presentation and the production of the stage that you want to be a star on. I just felt like, even in this day, if this is not taught, you are missing a huge opportunity here, in my view. <clears throat> my last match was in May. I'm not going to mention the company I was working for, but I will tell you this. I was one of the guys out there helping unload the ring, put the ring together. <clears throat> and, you know, because that was part of the deal. I was having young guys come up to me, well, why are you doing this for? You're a veteran. You don't have to do this. Go sit down. Right. Well, number one, I'm not old and feeble. Mm-hmm. Number two, I want to know what kind of shape that ring's in. Yeah. And number three, no, it's part of my job to put that ring together and get set up and ready to rock and roll. Now, along with that, again, this is the part that I I had the most resistance to is the the setup and tear down. 
and we we could we could break this down in a number of different ways but getting back on track to getting these kids off on the right path the lack of overall respect in and it, and it I don't think they maliciously try a, you know more often than not I just think it's uh it's a circumstance where it just kind of materializes that way. But it's because these kids are not having to quote-unquote pay their dues. Because much like you were saying, Sean, as, as long as you've got a handful of money, a trainer will take it, will spend six, seven, eight weeks with you, show you the basics, and send you out there. And then, you know, you can go on high spots and buy your boots and your tights and, and, and all this stuff. But having that mentality that you are bigger than the product or bigger than the banner, as, as it were, uh, this is a huge problem that you're starting to hear more and more often, especially in these indie show recaps. Somebody's going online and talking shit about this because this is becoming a reoccurring thing. And you're right, dude. It does start with a trainer. And people that are going off and conducting themselves uh, you know, the the changing of the outcome or another aspect is, uh, I don't want to say holding promoters up, you know, hostage for more money after the fact or right before the fact or trying to sab sabotage the pay structure or whatever because they put more stock in that. The, these are a series of, of significant things that if you do not... Uh, curb this like right fucking now and and that means if that means you have to bench a talent for x amount of time for them to fully understand what is truly important in the wrestling business the deterioration of this industry is going to be on on full display the the longer we go here to the point it's becoming it's becoming a mockery of what we of where it started, where we were when we were in the business, to where it is trending to, and dude, it breaks my heart. It really, truly does. Wrestling anymore is a cosplay of what it used to be, and that's the best term I can use. And when I talk cosplay too, the promoters are at fault at this too, because a lot of times these promoters that they, they have these guys that will kiss their ass. They, they will say anything, they will do anything to put themselves in a position higher up in the company than what they probably should be. But these promoters, they, they, they look at it like they're being complimentary to them. In reality, they're being worked, much like they're being worked by the fans. Uh, perfect example, Jason, and I'm just going to throw this out there. When you're in the MWO, you had some guys that would just kiss your ass all day long. Sure. And... When they got what they wanted, they were happy until they closed the door behind them on their way home. And then they would either talk mad shit about you or they would talk shit about the company, you know, um, but they wouldn't do it to you. Right. Or they wouldn't do it to me when I was running TWX. And now you have guys out there after you've closed the company back in 2022 who... They know that you're done. Right. But to serve themselves, they are trying to goad you into running another show without any care or consequence of your feelings at all. Right. But they feel like if they can say, 
I love you, brother. We're family, brother. We're this, that, and brother. Brother, brother, brother. Family. Fuck you and family, because once you're out of this wrestling business, these guys don't give a shit about you. But the moment they think that you got something for them, your brother and your family. That ha- <laughs> that was on very much on full display this past week. Um, I made an announcement that centered around the Michigan Wrestling Organization and immediately before, I, like I put a teaser post out there, I'm going live for a, a project that I was very, very careful about what how I worded it, an MWO project, not a show, not a one-off, not a reunion project, right? And within a half an hour before I went live, you could see, you I could tell word was starting to spread. And when I did go live, the numbers were, you know, kept increasing, kept increasing. Uh, I laid out what I was doing and I and I verified right from the very beginning, I'm not doing a one-off. I'm not doing a reunion show. And I know this is kind of a sidebar to what the topic here is, but I'm using this as, as an example. Much, you know, to piggyback off what you were saying. I had motherfuckers who were um, contacting my sister-in-law, my brother's widow, right? Trying to get her to talk me into doing a reunion show for them, right? And the whole purpose of what the announcement was, was my way of putting a bow on the MWO. My way of closing the book on, you know, on that part of my story. And as a way to say thank you to the roster, the hundreds of men and women that came across uh, my radar that came across the organization and the fans that supported the product. Now, getting back on track here, and I, I, I realize that, you know, different workers will have specific loyalties to a, a, a promotion or a booker who, who took a chance on them. And I, there's a right way to go about it and there's a wrong way to go about it. And you have to keep in mind, even though professional wrestling in a lot of aspects is an individual activity, okay, in, in the here and now, yes, but you are also an extension of the banner under which you perform. And with that, the promoter and everything that he or she is putting into it, monetarily, mind, body, and soul. These are four very key aspects. And this is what separates good promoters away from bad promoters. Now, I realize in this, in this, kind, in this pilot episode, we're, we're kind of painting with a broad brush here. And there's a number of different things that we could split off into individual episodes and do deep dives. And as we continue down this show's path, that is going to be a thing here. Um, otherwise, Sean, we're, we're going to be here for five fucking hours, right? Well, brother, we can talk about how the business is being killed by these stupid death matches, by these stupid spot monkeys, bleeding every show. We could talk about, like you were saying, wrestlers holding up promoters for more money. We could talk about promoters not paying wrestlers. I mean, the list could go on and on and on. But right now we're talking about the here and now. What's come across our radar the last couple days. And quite frankly, if you feel that any of this is being directed towards you, maybe you should look in a fucking mirror and take a good hard look at yourself. Because... 
when Jason says, and I'm speaking from experience when I was running TWX, your mind, body, and soul take nothing away from the monetary part of this. When you are running a business, everything you got, every bit of your being is into that business. My wife will tell you, when I was running TWX, we were having marital problems because I was paying more attention to the wrestling company than I was paying attention to her. And it became an issue. Promoters put so much of themselves into these businesses that you cannot fathom the amount of stress, the amount of worry, the amount of time, the amount of work that goes into this. It's not just a, hey, let's set up a wrestling ring and go play wrestler because that shit just not happening no. if you want to run a successful wrestling show. I'm not saying there isn't these fools out there that do it, but they do it. If your heart's not into it, if your mind's not into it, your body's not going to be into it. And people need to respect that. Right. And right now, with what's happening now, they're just not. It's like what you said. We need to have a reunion show for us. Well, how fucking selfish is that? Right. It's not selfish of the promoter because the promoter has invested 20 plus years into this bullshit. Right. But you're worried about you and not how the promoter feels about this. It's bullshit in my opinion. I the the lack of respect towards a reputable uh, you know you got to you throw throw that word in there promoter uh like like I've said and like I have I have different perspective on it than than the workers do because they don't they don't fully understand what all goes into the behind the scenes part of running a running a show, even if it's just a one off. Even if 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 you're gonna do one show, there's you know you got to book the venue, you got to get the insurance for the ring, you got to get the talent, and then you got to put the shit together for for it to make sense. You know, a lot of that in in an active promotion falls on one or two or maybe three guys that are working t together to, provo to, to provide a stage, a spotlight for these guys to hone their crafts, to live out their dream, to start their journey in professional wrestling. But if you are starting that journey with disingenuous purposes, you ain't going to make it, okay? Because you are trying to compensate for, for a fundamental um, ingredient that you don't have that you are going to need no matter how long you are involved in this business because most everybody has aspirations of being in WWE or AEW or Impact or you know something that has a national if not worldwide identity. We all, what's the point of doing it if 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 you're not right because you you're coming into this much like anybody that wants to be a singer they're they're going to go to karaoke every night and practice their their craft or actors are going to you know enroll in community plays and things of this nature you got to start somewhere but your level of success and this is how I will wrap this part of it up. Your level of success is going to be dependent on what you are willing to put forth into it. You get back what you put in. And if you half-ass any aspect of this, you will get half-ass results. I don't give a fuck if it happens right here and now or if it materializes. It will always come back around. Right. If you don't have respect for the promoter, respect for the business or respect for yourself, you're never going to make it in this business. Learn your history. 
learn your craft because that's where the foundation of this business comes in. You can't have a building without a foundation. You can't have walls and you can't have a ceiling to break through if you don't have that foundation. Absolutely. So you need to learn. I hate the term right now, know your worth. I hate that term. Uh, there, there are certain aspects it works in, but in the wrestling business, no, you earn your worth. That's it. So take that for what you will. If you think that you're bigger than the business, if you think you're bigger than the promoter that's you know putting you in the ring, if you think that you're bigger than your opponent and you need to go over on them, you need to duck too and get the fuck out. Yeah, because what's going to wind up happening, spoiler alert, uh, you're going to come across the wrong person at the wrong time in a very public situation. And uh, all your bullshit is going to come back around in very real time in a very violent manner. It, it happens all the time. It is uh, policing the locker room, so so to speak, you know. And No, no, you can't do that anymore because they'll cancel your ass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that we're gonna. I'm not even gonna. Yeah, that's a whole other episode. I'm not gonna go down that road right now because I, I don't know where we are on time at at, at this point. Um, but that is an episode unto itself. What I would what I would like to know, um, you know, as we're kind of navigating and kind of laying the. Here's that word again, the foundation for this particular show. I don't want people to sit and think, especially if you were involved in the business, which you are primarily are, uh, I don't want you to think that Sean and I are just sitting back um, with our phones in our faces and just looking for shit to pick apart. We are not. At the end of the day, we are legitimate fans of professional wrestling, and we want the business to continue to evolve and succeed and and reach heights it's never seen before. That is happening in the in the in the land of WWE, and then underneath them is AEW. I said it; they're underneath them. Um, and then you got the other smaller promotions, your TNAs and Ring of Honors and um, MLW, and 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 all this other stuff. We love professional wrestling. We it's part of who and what we are. It's in our blood. Regardless if we're active in, you know, in, in an active capacity in the business right now, even as fans, we want the shit to succeed. That's why we're so damn worried about where, where this trend is heading. And when we sit back and pinpoint it, it, it would be easy for us to be like, I don't like that. Well, why? Can, can you tell me why you don't like that? I, anything that I pick apart in today's product or in some conduct that, that comes across my radar from an indie worker and how they conducted themselves on, on a given night or show, I'll tell you I don't like it, and then I'll follow it up with why. Right. We're not going to sit here and zero in on specific people. No. We're not going to defame anybody. We're not going to slander anybody. We're not, you know, that's not what we're here for, you know. Me, personally, I mean, we are going to talk about some of the shit that happens in WWE and AEW. I will tell you, I, the AEW product versus the WWE product is vastly different. AEW books their people by matches. WWE is storyline-driven. Right. Which one do you like better? You know, wrestling is a buffet. It's a smorgasbord. 
but sometimes so, there's a fly or a hare that gets in the middle of that buffet. <laughs> and you just got to pick that son of a bitch out. You got to point it out to somebody, and then you got to fix it. Right. And that's what we're here to do. We're eating at the buffet. Get out of our way, motherfuckers, because we're hungry. Right. But if there's a hare or a fly in our shit, you better damn well better believe it's being pointed out to somebody. And also, with that being said, it, <laughs> a lot of the things that we take issue with are things that are put onto a very public platform. Oh, social media is a bitch. Social media is what has destroyed a good portion of professional wrestling. Absolutely. There is no such thing as kayfabe. When I said that in the beginning about yeah. peeling back the curtain on kayfabe, there is no kayfabe anymore. Fuck you, Dave Meltzer. There, I said it. Another topic, another episode topic right there is the whole Dave Meltzer, Wade Keller, the dirt sheet bullshit that, that goes on. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's a whole other thing. So, our point here is, as, as we, and I know we've laid out some specifics in terms of things that came across our radar, why this show materialized as fast as it did, what the, um, in, in terms of our consistency in dropping new episodes of this show, I don't know, you know, as we sit here right now, because I shit you not, this was something that I came over, over here with you at like 9 o'clock this morning, and by 9.30 we had a rough idea of what we were going to do before we were to record our other podcast that we do here on the PFC Network. Um, but that's that speaks to me as you laid out you know these different things that that happened the night before like it reinvigorated my legitimate passion for the wrestling business on a number of different levels but where i'm at now um i'm more i'm more of a fan capacity but i'm a concerned fan i'm a concerned fan because i was involved in the business so in, as as were as were you so we have the fan aspect but we have different layers that feed into our fandom yet they, that your general joe blow just cannot comprehend well we're trying to educate you guys we're not here to shit on your product we're not here to shit on you personally we are pointing out where you are fucking up and why you are getting away from what the foundation of professional wrestling is. And and it's a shame that it's heading this way, but if we can do something to at least spark a conversation, we've done our job here. Exactly. You know, people ask me all the time, when am I going to start running my own company again? Yeah, I got a ring. I got access to a ring whenever I want. But with the way shit is so fucked up right now, right. that son of a bitch is going to stay dusty in a garage somewhere, and it's not coming out till shit starts getting fixed. That and, and that's it. And uh, you know, there's there's a number as we move on here in in the coming weeks and and episodes of this particular program. Like I said, we we are going to you know break down, dissect, analyze just about every aspect of of this business. It's it's a business. Um, you know the fan base and and the performers, the athletes that make up the world of professional wrestling is unlike anything else in the world. Baseball, football, hockey, NASCAR, like it, it doesn't matter. Wrestling fans are the most passionate and rabid fan bases of of any entity in the world, right? And 
it's that way for a reason. And it, it's getting away from what made that so special. Um, and we just want to keep shit on the rails because when you are seeing things like AEW and, and, and you see the content of matches that they're putting out there, and this is going to be one aspect, one episode that's going to be sooner rather than later, the lack of psychology. Uh, if I bleed, I'm over. Yeah. I, you know, all these different high spots and how many times can you flip through the air uh, off off the top rope, off a balcony, off a ladder, what, what, whatever the case may be. Um, you are just, you're, you're tarnishing one of the greatest forms of sport and entertainment. And not only that, probably shortening your career. If not life. Right. Now, you can sit here and say, but after listening to this podcast, oh, these guys are just two marks who are going to sit here bitch and rant and rave about the business. That's great. Call me a mark. I am a fan for the business. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I will look for things I like. I will find things I don't like. You know, I, I was a mark first. I was a fan first before I got into the business. That's why I got into the business. And if you're in this business and you say you're not a fan, that you're not a mark, then go fuck yourself because you don't deserve to be in the business. That's, uh, I don't know a better way to uh, kind of put a bow on this pilot episode. And that really kind of puts that to be continued tag at that, you know, like you would see in movies. Um, That's a perfect way because uh, that right there is your starting point on which way do we take the, the next episode. Now, with that being said, we encourage your feedback. We encourage you to join the conversation. If something that we have said um, triggers you in some way or another, well, tell us why. But but I will say this. If you, I'm just going to put this out there and this will, will be a reoccurring thing. If Sean and I invite you onto the show, it will be done in a respectful manner for us as the host and you as the guest. It is a give and take thing. If um, if you come into this space, into our show, and you, and you start be, being disrespectful, we have no time for you, and we will tag you for what you are, and that's part of the problem. Everybody has an opinion. Everybody has their, their take. Everybody has their experience. And... You know, there's a lot of people from all walks of life and they approach things differently. But there is basic fundamentals. And as long as you can build off of that, your future is bright. If you think you have the alternative mode to success, you're going to find out you're wrong. Because uh, time has proven over and over again, you got to start with with the basic fundamentals. So with that... Um, send us, you know, send us your correspondence on the PFC Entertainment page on uh, Facebook. Go to ClawsToTheHeart.net. It is the official website of our network. And uh, very shortly, this show will have its own uh, Facebook page that you can direct your questions directly to Sean and I. We read them. We correspond with you. We don't have ghost writers or readers or anything like that. It's us and you. So let's get in the ring together and let's figure out how to uh, make this business the continued success we all want, need, and love. Yeah, let's stop killing the business and let's start bringing the business back. 
with that, uh, we appreciate you tuning in and uh, stay tuned to our social media accounts. And we'll see you next time right here on the hot tag on the PFC Entertainment Network.